If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. God gave you the Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus, the ultimate KISS podcast. This is Jay Scott from The Hook Rocks. I know I'll be listening. I hope you do too. There's something wrong here, Tom. This something's not right. What's going on? Something is definitely not right here. This is kind of weird. Uh, I don't know. We're doing something a little out of the ordinary here. We got a, a bonus episode we're doing tonight. Is that what we're doing? A bonus episode? We're not doing it just tonight, buddy. We're going to oh. drop these once a month. That's right. That's right. That's what we're going to do. A bonus episode once a month on whatever the hell we want to talk about, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, just something different. We- That's right. That's right. But to make to add a little extra flavor to this once a month, we have somebody joining us. Uh, who's joining us here? Speak up there, son. Speak up. <laughs> What's up, guys? No, oh. adding flavor, adding flavor. Uh, that sounds racist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm adding looks. That's for damn sure. You don't see these two ugly mugs I'm looking at right now. Well, that that's why this is strictly an audio show. We uh, we we don't release the video, but yeah, that that voice you hear is the one and only Sonny Hollywood Pooney, and he is going to be part of this fantastic monthly trifecta bonus episodes that we have decided to come up with. Yeah, monthly how trifecta lucky bonus special? All these words, these words are big words. Extraordinary. These bonus episodes are going to show people how sophisticated Shout It Out Loudcast really can be. Yeah. Do you think he's, um, do you think he's like bringing up the IQ of this podcast? Is he bringing it down? What do you think? Uh, I'm bringing up the weight class. That's for damn sure. (laughs) (laughs) The three of us can't be in an elevator together. I can tell you that. Oh, God. That story. We're not what you would call a handsome podcast. No. But then again, none of our competitors are either. No, podcasting is definitely an audio medium. Especially (laughs) some of the gang we hang out with, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true, exactly. Here we go. Already alienating listeners. I love it. Exactly. We didn't call, we were talking about ourselves. We weren't talking about the listeners, right? No, I know. 
So, so what? What exactly? So these bonus episodes. What are we going to be doing here? Like, what? What, what do we? What do we think we're going to be doing once a month here? Um, I'd like to think a lot of these will be bonus episode uh, um, album reviews. Yeah, like the one we're going to do tonight. Um, I think we we might get into maybe uh, you know best top five, top ten lists, maybe singers, guitarists. A little bit fantasy drafts. We'll 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 incorporate the drafts, um, and a couple of Sonny's brilliant ideas that he does. Um, I think it's just going to be something fun um, outside of Kiss, but in the same genre. I love to talk about country, but I think you guys would punch me in the face if I said let's talk about Dwight Yoakam this week. So so you so this week we're not going to do a a uh, Hank Williams Jr. draft. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I take Carrie Underwood. I get All first right. pick. Yeah. There you yeah, go. We could yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, no, that would be with your partner on Grown Up Rock Podcast. <laughs> we would need him for oh, the God. Hillbilly Podcast. That's oh. <laughs> Here we go. Oh. Anyways, let's bring it on back. What are we doing this week? Well, this week to kick off the uh, first bonus episode. So, like Zeus said, we'll probably start off with some album reviews, some of our favorites, you know, non kiss. So, tonight we started with uh, what many, including the three of us, would consider a Desert Island slash Mount Rushmore album. And that is the, uh, the all time classic Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses. Um, everybody loves this album. Um, so we figured this would be a great way to jump in with these bonus episodes and just talk about uh, something that we love. Yep, we went, we batted this around, I think, and uh, we all agreed. And it's amazing that we're all like, "Yep, desert album for me." Yep, yep, me too. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing about this, and uh, especially like our our first memories when we got it, and. Uh, are we still playing it, you know? Yep. Sonny? Yeah, you hear a lot uh, of our friends will say Guns N' Roses is not their favorite band, but this might be the best album they own, right? And I think a lot yep. of people feel that way. That's why I sold millions. Uh, you know, this West Coast band. So I saw them in a club opening for the cult in 87, oh. September. I've all, I've never seen them headline actually. I've only seen them live twice. I've seen them open for the cult. I saw them open for Metallica in '92, and that's it wow. because it didn't exactly blow me away live. Uh, that's a whole other story. But uh, the album, I think I got it. I didn't get it right when it came out. Um, believe it or not, I got the "It's So Easy" single. Remember oh, Casingles? Oh, Casingles, yes, 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 I do. Yeah. So I I guess it wasn't. I don't know if it was released in the U.S. I don't know if I got a U.K. thing from, like, Tower Records, but I remember seeing the, the single, and I'm like, oh, let me try this out. And, you know, back then, now you're talking two or three bucks to kind of test out a band, right, yep. today. Mm -hmm. Then it kind of graduated to, you know, 99 cents on iTunes to test out a band or whatever. But, uh, so, yeah, I, I fell in love with the, the single, and then I went back and got the album. So I, I had the album probably, I would say, late 87. So I remember, so this came out in July of 87. So this was the summer before, uh, well, Zeus and I, uh, the summer before our freshman year in high school. 
Um, and as we'll talk about it, it took a while for the album to kind of take off after its release. But I remember specifically this one conversation I had with a friend of mine freshman year. And it was when uh, Welcome to the Jungle started getting a little popular. And people were like, oh, what is what, what's this band? What's this video? And I remember he had the cassette. And he's like, dude, he's like, let me tell you right now, you have to get this. He's like, and if you think Welcome to the Jungle is a good song, he's like, it's not even the best song on the album. And I was like, how can that be? That song is so awesome. How can that not be the best song on the album? And, you know, 30 plus years later, the, the, the album just, I just still get a thrill out of every song on it. It's just a, it, it's just a remarkable album when you think about, you know, it, it's almost cliche to say that you like Appetite for Destruction. It's like <laughs> saying that, it's like saying that you like, you know, the, the debut album by Boston or, you know, or even like something like, you know, Hotel California by the Eagles or like Led Zeppelin four. Like, yeah, everybody likes that album. You know what I mean? It's just, it's universal. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it'll be fun to talk about a little bit in detail tonight. Zeus. Yep. Yeah. So with me, um, I have a couple different stories with this uh, album. So I remember this coming out because I used to like get the magazines, Metal Edge, Circus, Hit Parader. I would run out. I would go to Harvard Square, take the bus, 77 Arlington, right there, right on Mass Ave. Yep. Go to Harvard Square and out of town news, which you can see in any movie that ever shows Harvard Square, right? And now, any, and now gone. it's gone. Rest in peace, out of town yep. news. Yep. Yeah. So I would go there and I would get um, all these things. So I kind of heard of Guns N' Roses and I remember going to, um, do you remember the strawberries right there near yep. the spaghetti club where you used to go from yep. high school? Right into hanging out there, right with a fake ID. Yep. Um, so I went into the strawberries there and I'm like, do I get this band Guns N' Roses? And they had the the EP there. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to wow. buy a live album. How the fuck do they have a live album? I think they're new. And I was gonna get Guns N' Roses, or I was gonna get this other upcoming band that I wasn't sure if they were gonna be big called Black and Blue. Oh, and I went to Guns N' Roses. And that's only because, again... Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a, a little guy named... You should have went to Playboy and Hustler, too, instead of Metal Edge. Yeah. <laughs> so I ended up getting Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. I played it. So now, as I've told you on even your podcast, I, the hair metal thing, that was my thing. I never got into thrash. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't like this thrash. I don't like it. Guns N' Roses kind of was like that. Kind of pulling you towards this different type. Them, Black Crows, Tesla. It was kind of changing. Bands were changing, right? So um, I get Guns N' Roses. I play that song, Welcome. Like, holy shit. I, I, my memories of this are just, I was the first one playing it. I used to have a lot of the parties when I was in high school, my, this, I don't know about you because you, uh, Steven, when you, if you grew up in an ethnic home, like I did, my parents would go to Greek dances and they'd be gone for like, they'd go at eight o'clock and come home around 12 or one o'clock in the morning. I'd be like, my parents are gone for three hours. Quick, everybody let's drink for three hours at my house. And I remember specifically playing that and playing paradise city when Welcome the Jungle hasn't even really hit. And people are like, what yeah. the fuck is that song? That's pretty cool. 
And no one knew what the hell that was And I remember it specifically Because it was freshman year And I had the parties in my house And I was playing it Meanwhile my parents would come home like Two and a half hours later And I'd have to act like What do you mean there were people drinking here Like they couldn't smell all the <laughs> beer all over the place <laughs> Like shit how did I get caught But anyways Then as a freshman I took that tape with me And I went over to Detroit And I met well, my cousins That's you know the same cousins that got me into Animalized Live and showed me all that I remember playing them Guns N' Roses And take, you gotta listen to this and they're like, holy shit, these people are swearing. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, isn't this shit awesome? And I remember getting my cousin and all his friends into Guns N' Roses. And the next thing I remember is that tour they did with Aerosmith at Great Woods. Remember that? And, you know, the other memory I can have of Guns N' Roses when they, you know, first started out is just, you know, the whole Wait a minute, am I supposed to like this? I don't know, they have a few singers I don't know who the singers are And I kept saying that because I'm like Because that's not the same guy, that can't be the same guy And I don't know who's singing There's a guy named Axel There's a guy named Izzy There's a guy. I'm like, this band is fucked up But like in a good fucked up Because when you saw the Welcome to the Jungle video They were still kind of in between They weren't like hair metal But they were kind of in there so it was a little like that alley guns, faster pussycat, sleazy look, kind of. And I didn't know what to make of this. But in the end, their talent overtook and everybody fall in, fell in love with Guns N' Roses. And I remember a lot of my friends were like, shit, I remember you used to play them before anybody heard of them. And uh, God, thank God I didn't go, hey, guys, here's this tape. You got to hear it. It's called Black and Blue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think those. It's called In laugh. Heat. You're gonna love it. They hold on to eighteen. Oh, You're gonna god. love it. Oh god. Yeah, I but Zeus, my parties it, wouldn't have lasted. But it's it's funny. Like when you tell that story, it's like th- this was like this was in that era of like true word of mouth. You know, it was yep. there was you know obviously it was the late eighties, so you know obviously no internet and stuff. But you had the magazines, or like you or like you'd go to the record store and be like. What is this album? Like you look, you look at the album cover, and we'll get into that. And and then yeah. everyone's like, then you buy it, you listen to it, and then you tell your friend, then he tells your friend. Like you, you went to Detroit, and you told your cousin. The next yep. thing you know, everybody's listening to like the greatest album ever made. It's just crazy. You look at this cover, right? Not the original one, right? When they right. got big, the cross. Yeah. And then you go look at your typical black and blue cover. Which one are you gonna fucking buy? Yeah, I know. Yeah, so let's yeah, See, let's get let's get let's get into the cover a little bit. Oh, Sonny, oh, go oh, ahead. Hold buddy. on, Sonny, you have okay. Seven yep. seconds. No, I was going to say on the West Coast they were already bubbling, right? So this is one of those yeah. things where we didn't know who the hell Kicks was, and you guys didn't know who Guns N' Roses were. Like yep. this is kind of what happens East Coast West Coast. Um, I remember hearing about Guns N' Roses, and you would see the T-shirts. Now, um, by the time this comes out, I'm a year out of high school, so, uh. Life was a little different for me. I, I will tell you, I didn't start drinking till I, till 1989. So I was 20 when I started drinking. What? Um, yeah, and then I drank as much as I possibly could between oh. 89 and 2007, and oh, it was boy. all Jack Daniels, and it was all oh. because of Slash. Because I kept remembering seeing Slash with that ball in his hand, 
So I figured like Jack Daniels was a thing to drink. So I've maybe had two cases of beer my whole life put together. My whole life put together, I've maybe drank one bottle of wine, but I've drank cases and was cases it a sippy cup? and cases. <laughs> no, it was not a sippy cup. Tony will tell you me quit drinking saved his life. Like I was oh god, I, I was the instigator everywhere I went. And it was the only reason I don't know anything about Jack. All I remember was seeing pictures of these guys with Jack bottles in their hands. That's true. That's true. I had Jack hey. Daniels one year, freshman year in high school, and people dropped me on my front lawn like they did in house party with a guy and rang the doorbell, <laughs> and they just dropped me. And I was so out of it. And never drank Jack Daniels again. I was so out of it. Oh. Uh, yeah. Good memories. <laughs> yeah. Some. <laughs> <laughs> Those that you can remember. So you want to get into the album cover? Oh yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of story behind this. Yeah, Sonny, you want to kick? You want to start off, buddy? Yeah. So, it the story goes according to Axel that they wanted the cover art to be a photo of the space shuttle Challenger exploding, <laughs> and I guess Geffen thought it was in bad taste, but you they think? were okay with a robotic rapist yeah. getting <laughs> killed by a metal Avenger. Like who at Geffen is smoking whatever they're smoking? <laughs> Probably not a great idea to put the, the shuttle exploding on the album, the, uh, but that that drawing is disturbing. There's no doubt. It's 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 awful. I mean, and and it's in, it's on the inside of, um, you know, it's on the inside of uh, Sonny and I have the vinyl of Appetite for Destruction. And if I recall correctly, it's it's on the inside of the CD as well. I think if you on the gatefold. Um, and like you said, it's just brutal. Yeah. Zeus is holding up now. I mean, it's just brutal. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the woman has her shirt ripped open and her underwear is down and it's just like, what the fuck are we doing here? Looking at this. All you know she what was I mean? doing was trying to sell toys. She was trying to sell mini mites for a dollar 79. That's all that's she true. was doing. That's true. You can't blame her. You can't blame her. <laughs> yeah. But the 15 in you was like, that's the fucking coolest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> right don't look at us now a little bit of course you know, of course a little bit some uh class that got instilled in us but the 15 year old was all like oh look you can see tit yeah, exactly <laughs> so i look at it i'm like damn um yeah i remember that and then the cross is just so iconic oh my god images it's one of the best it's it's one of the best i mean those skulls those skulls, and they all have their own individual look. You know, you got Axel with the red bandana, Slash with the hat, you know, Izzy with the, you know with the hat, and every it, it's just it's just so goddamn iconic. It's it's beautiful. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Go ahead. I'm le- I'm learning things. Okay. Isn't Axel in the middle? Oh wait, you might be right. No. Yeah. No, Axel's Axel. got the. Axel's got the red bandana. Yeah. Axel's oh. in the middle. No. Yeah. That's Duff. Wait a minute. Red bandana's Duff. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I'm looking at the back of the album with the actual picture, and Axel has a red bandana on. Yeah. Yeah. In the, if I was to look at this cross, what I would say is that's Izzy, Axel, Slash. To the left is Adler. To the right is Duff. Adler's got the Farrah Fawcett feathered hairdo. Yes, That's right. I know that. On yeah. the left. It obviously slashed with the friggin' hat. 
Uh, that's Izzy up top with the black hair. That's yeah. got to be Duff's hairdo. Yeah, because the in the middle, hair, he's got red hair. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you know what? You know. You know what? Uh, what what threw me off? Like I said, is on the the back photo of the 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 band photo. Axel yeah. has a red bandana on, and I've yeah. always just uh, I've always just yeah, connected the this, dots. Yeah, on this one, he's got the like the gay Al Pacino from Cruising hat on. <laughs> on that back wow. album photo, look at look at Slash, dude. He's wearing that Batman shirt, and he just looks dead. Dude, Don't there is no way badass. Slash is not pretending in that picture right there. He is legitimately <laughs> no, he is dead. He is legitimately shit faced beyond belief in that picture. <laughs> yeah, and I just do you remember too, and the other things when they start first get introduced. And on MTV, and they went around. They started blowing up the fucking studio and shit. And everyone's like, "Holy Christ!" Because that yeah. was reputation, and then they were dangerous, and they were just different. And you know, their album covers, you know, show that. And then look at the back. You have these like concert-like photos, right? You have that yep. on your album. Um, yep. There's different images there. They just look like a badass band. Like and it's different. Out, it's all fucked up. And it's different for the time, too, because, again, getting back to that back album, that band picture there, you know, this the, the, these guys are not, you know, Def Leppard. You know, they're not Motley Crue. I mean, look at them. They This looks like a, this looks like a band photo for, like, say, Megadeth or, you know, Master of Puppet era Metallica. Um, you know, the the ripped jeans, the, cow, the, the, the snake the snakeskin boots, you know, just the look of just. Picture, we're fucked up and we're not um, pretending to be fucked up. Picture Britney Fox's first album covers. Exactly. The or Cinderella. Pirate, yeah, the pirate yeah. shirts and the, yeah. the awful boots and stuff. Now, and, that, now, now and all that. Do. And then now, look at this. Now, all that, all that being said, it pisses me off that people, I don't, people call Guns N' Roses hair metal. And oh, that doesn't bother me. It it, it it bothers me the same way it bothers me that people call Tesla a hair metal band. It's not. I enjoy it. You know why? Because it gives it gives credibility to hair bands. I don't because, want credibility. Because, no, but do you do you see where I'm going with this? I don't if think they, it gives them credibility. People think Guns N' Roses are hair metal. For Christ's sakes, Judas Priest Turbo is hair metal. Well, okay, yeah, that, that album is hair metal. But like everybody knows it, Judas Priest. I think Priest it gives it credibility. So if you want to yeah. say in Def Leppard hair metal, like I get, but is Pyromania hair metal? No. Okay, but there. When you think of hair metal, you think of Def Leppard and things like that. I don't. I don't. When I think of hair metal, I think of Cinderella, Dawkins, Motley Crue, like White Snake. You don't think hair metal when they play hair metal? They don't play Hysteria constantly. No, they do, but I don't think it is. Yeah. So I, I think mind. it. Cla- I think it classifies a time frame and yes, agree, I, basically right. melodic rock in its totality. I don't really. When somebody says. Well, that's hair metal, unless they mean it in some derogatory term, right? Then I fight back and go, "Yes." Have you ever heard Steve Vai? Right? Yeah. Like it's like, dude, whatever guitars you're listening to, just drop them because if you think Eddie Van Halen and Steve Vai is hair metal, then you're missing on out on the best guitarist on the but planet. Steve you know, Vai kind of ends up in the one of the biggest cliches of hair metal, and they're not. If you look at their whole career, White Snake, right during yeah. that era, yeah. And their, yeah, you know, yeah. slip of the tongue album. Yeah. They are really hair metal up. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's a term, right? Yeah. And he's in the middle of that. I, re- but his guitar is. You wouldn't think of him as that, though. 
Yeah, I remember two distinct things on MTV. One, when Alice in Chains, Man of the Box came on, I'm like, oh shit, I think my music is over. And when I first heard Welcome to the Jungle, I'm like, well, I guess we won't be listening to Cinderella anymore. Like it was, Welcome to the Jungle felt the same way. I'm like, uh, music is changing and they're playing it every three and a half seconds. Now, Axel looked ridiculous with the teased hair. Like they're just stupid. They should have stuck to, you know, him getting off the bus and just being kind of a country bumpkin, blah, blah, blah. Uh, uh, you know, I don't mean anything bad by that, Stephen Michael. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so he kind of looked a little ridiculous, but if you just listen to the music, there was definitely a change happening, but I, I thought it was more of a punk coming back then it going to thrash but that's yes. just kind of me no 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 i agree there's and, and we'll get into that there's a couple songs on here that are very punk influenced for sure definitely yep and i think i think that video i think axel did that you know i don't i you know i don't really have any proof of this but you look like when axel gets off the bus you know he just he looks like a badass outsider and then when the video kicks in of the performance segment like you said with his hair teased out to god knows when you got to wonder, is that like an MTV thing? Like, hey, these are the videos we're showing. Stop looking like the guys in the videos that we're showing, you know? Yeah, I don't know, because their, their uh, manager at the time was Alan Niven. And yep. he said that video was a cross between Midnight Cowboy, the man who fell to earth, and a clockwork orange. I'm like, yeah. it's just a video to me. I, yeah. I don't understand. Clockwork all that orange. Shit. I don't clockwork orange. I don't see that. That's bizarre, but <laughs> well, that's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, uh, that video was nuts. That was great. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I mean, I could, I mean, I guess I could see the, I, I could see the clockwork orange reference, I guess at the end when he strapped into the chair and, you know, the oh TV yeah, I forgot about I get, that. Yeah. I, I, I get, I get that, but that's kind of a leap to make that connection, but yeah. So yeah, so let, let's talk a little bit about some background, and then we'll get into the tracks. What, what do we got? There's a lot of information here, for, especially for a debut album on a, on a big band. Would you have been okay, Paul, producing this album? No. He was supposed to do it. No. no you know, no, no. You know, it's funny. I funny how? I can't picture that, because... He, he, first of all, the reason he got bounced was because he wanted to mess around with Steven Adler's drum sets, which I will get into a little bit later about how absolutely fantastic and borderline perfect Steven Adler sounds in this album. But, you know, Paul Stanley, like, I mean, I know Crazy Nights hadn't come out yet, but Guns N' Roses is probably like, Dude, have you listened to now? Now, now I have to remember who has the anybody on... seen his asylum costume? Well, I was just gonna say, Sonny <laughs> likes asylum, so Sonny probably wishes Appetite for Destruction was produced by Paul Stan. Oh, oh. oh god, <laughs> no, I would have because they said Mutt Lang too. Yeah, I wouldn't have minded Mutt Lang, but this Mike Clint guy, you know, he was no, uh, uh, he was no, you know, third. This guy, either he did all the Triumph records. So, you know, when you go back, this production holds up. And I can tell you, none of the black and blue production holds up. <laughs> I, well, I, th I think I think that's the thing about one. Of, I think that's the thing about this album, Sonny, is the production, the move, the the album. It's not of its time. It's still thick and heavy 
and raw. And that's, you can't, you can't find a lot of albums from 1987 that still, you know, you know, Metallica from 1986 maybe, but, but you're not, you're not going to hear a lot of, uh, a lot of albums that sound like this in 2020. No, there are a lot of little tricks and sound effects and stuff that he would put in. That's a new band. Yep. Surprise. He did that. And to take this unknown kind of band and put him in this and them to put this together. That's like, you know, I don't know. Lightning striking twice. Yeah. You know? And they Amazing. say that, and, and, and they say that Mike Klink pretty much got the job because he was the only producer who pretty much said, guys, tell me what you want and I'll do it. Because a mm-hmm. lot of the other producers were either too, too big, wanted too much money or wanted to do different things. You know, like Paul with the drums, Mike Klink was hired. He's like, guys, just tell me what you want and let's go for it. Let's do it. And like you said, he made some of those great triumph records. So, you know, he's got some bass, he's got a background in making that like melodic, you know, hard rock sound. Um, and it, uh, clearly it worked. Yeah. The only other thing I was going to add to the story is, um, <laughs> there was some, there was a little more, um, background on that whole slash Paul Stanley <laughs> kind of feud that was going on for a little while. Yep. That's because <laughs> slash called him a, a gay epithet. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So, oh, Paul Stanley. <laughs> well, like you know, Paul wasn't like Paul Stanley Starchild screaming out, "Come on and love me!" in '75. This was Paul Stanley swinging on a vine, singing, <laughs> "Oh, all night." <laughs> oh, there's nothing wrong with swinging on a vine. Tarzan's pool. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. But yeah, but, I guess yeah, but Tarzan I guess got back to Paul, and then Paul, you know him. Yeah, Sonny, the only problem there is uh, Tarzan wasn't doing it with a sailor's cap on it with the, <laughs> with the <laughs> in the background. <laughs> oh, my God. It could have only been worse if Paul would have done it with that underwear he was wearing on crazy nights. That would have been the only thing that would have been worse. Oh, God. Um, Back to the album. So you got Mike Clint comes in, produces this. Obviously, there's parts of this, and I don't know, Sonny, if you want to take this part. Um, how did Guns N' Roses kind of form? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch of bands that kind of got together. There was uh, Hollywood Rose. There was um, kind of an L.A. Guns already going. There was a couple of uh, uh, punk bands that like Izzy and those guys were in and it just kind of shook out. I, I think LA guns and guns and roses coming off of Hollywood Rose and Tracy going one way and Axel going the other was probably mm-hmm. the best thing for both bands. Cause I think those two guys put together, there's a thing that slash brings that Tracy just doesn't bring. And yeah. I wanted to get your take on this, you know, in the seventies, Ace wasn't the best guitar player, but he was definitely memorable and he had tons of style. You could technically say the same thing about Slash in the eighties, right? He's not the best guitar player in the eighties. There's lots of rippers mm-hmm. and I know people hating Bay and blah, blah, blah. But in reality, those guys are better guitar players, but they don't bring the Slash vibe and they don't bring like just the memorable feel that there is to it. Right. right. So if you asked 
a thousand people on the street, we will pick Mississippi to be on um, neutral ground. And you showed them the top hat and the spaceman makeup. Which one would they know? Who would win? Probably oh, slap. Probably, probably, probably slash. What? Probably the, probably the top hat. Yeah. No way. Yeah, no I way. think so Ace too. I think Ace the top hat wins. No yeah. way, Guitar Hero. I think Guitar Hero cinches it. No way. Yeah, that's true too. And and to add to your and to add to your comment about they're gonna slash, go kiss. The first thing they say is kiss. They may not say Ace Fraley, but they'll say kiss. Yeah, well, we're not talking they about might... the roses. We're talking about Slash or Ace. Yeah, well, but it's, fu- just... it's 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 a funny discussion. I'll be honest with you because spoiler alert, Slash is my number one all time favorite guitarist. Okay, really? with, yes. Wow, with, it's not I, even in my top ten. And I'll tell and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why with Ace right there because this type of guitar playing I prefer. No, I I like Ingve, I like Satriani, I like Vi, um, I like I like the Shredders, but then I like you know George Lynch, Eddie Van Halen, Demartini, like those guys. But this just bluesy, sloppy, raw sound where they can rip if they have to, or they can get a riff to just drive a song. It's just my style, and I'll be honest with you, I like the image that they both bring up you know i love i love the image of guns and roses in general but i've always loved slash's sound it's just always been my kind of thing like that les paul and they ace and slash play the same guitar um i've i've just i just love that like the noodling you know i like it but you know okay i i can i don't need to i'd rather listen to slash all day than than some of the noodling out there but that's just me yeah i'm not gonna touch that i don't know we'll do an episode on guitarists and things Oh, I will. still believe the old gene philosophy of like somebody just hits a great chord. Exactly. I'd rather hear that than somebody go like all day long. Yep. Um, yep. You know, I like, I like both, but if I'm making a preference, I, I would take slash. Way I look at it. The, okay. Still to this day, probably the one that has the best influence for me. If it's my favorite, I would go and, and this, and hear me out. I'd probably go Paul Stanley. Because he does more riffs. I, if I had to put money down, uh, all these guitarists line up. Which one of you guys can write a song that I'm going to like? I'd probably put Paul Stanley will write a riff that I'll like better than anybody else. I put Maybe. more faith in that than I would say Slash. Because I Slash has to go with Axel. Like that sound. Because I don't like them separate from each other. Right. right. So for me, I know Paul can write, do something. that he, he know That's my wheelhouse. I know. I am confident. That he can do something that I'll like it. But see, Slash, and, Slash, is he the can't, best guitarist? Not even. No, he sucks. But he knows how to write a good riff. <laughs> but 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 Slash can Slash can do it without Axel because if you listen yeah. to Slash, if you listen to Slash with Miles Kennedy or even early Slash's Snake Pit, some of those riffs on some of those songs are absolutely mind blowing, and it's proof that I he know, can do it. I it's know. not the it's not the same as Guns and Roses. But that's what that slash solo material with Miles Kennedy is absolutely amazing stuff. Paul without Gene, Gene without Paul, but put them together. I, yeah, agreed. I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's just yeah. better. It's just yeah. better. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, obviously, the band came together, right? Now you got Axel, Slash, Duff, Steven Adler at the time, right? And probably yep. my favorite member of the band, Izzy, um, who was very, very you know, underrated. Very, Exactly. 
part of the song structure, the lyrics, the songs themselves, especially when, you know, when you start going into, you know, the usual illusion one and two stuff, because there's a yeah. big difference when he leaves. Um, but now you have the band and they're doing their touring things and they're just catching like fire. And this album just does not stop selling. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. No, you're right. Yeah. Sunny. Does picking an outfit have you running a little too fashionably late? We get it. Great taste takes time. That's why Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery, has your back with the largest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, delivered in under 60 minutes. Convenience never goes out of style. So if you need to spend some extra time in the mirror instead of at the store, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Yeah, I, uh... The other thing I wanted to talk about was the reporting thing that Adler was talking about. He said that Axel recorded each one of his vocal lines separately. But when I hear the songs, man, I don't hear that. And I know that, you know, we edit enough podcasts and blah, 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 that you can work some magic. But first of all, it's 1987. And no matter what, if you say any line 50 times over, you're going to say it 50 different ways. Like the, so there's no way he recorded one line at a time on verses. Like 
he might have done a part of a verse, stop, do the next part of the verse, stop. But I don't hear every line being different. No, but I believe it, though, because Axel is insane. So it wouldn't surprise (laughs) me if he actually did this. Yeah, that part wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. You can't if if he if that is true, you can't you can't hear it. You can't detect that. Anything else you want to get into before we get into the tracks? Oh, uh, just one, go ahead. one more thing. Yeah, go you ahead. know, you know his dance moves are stolen, right? From Paul Stanley? No, <laughs> Richard Black. You know who that is? No, I do. I do not. Lead singer of Shark Island. They were a big club band in the mid '80s in LA. Every time somebody asks Axel those stage moves, aren't those Richard Black's moves? He changes the subject every single time. And that's why we bring Sonny on this show for that kind of insight that you're not going to get anywhere else. Never heard of Richard Black. Never heard of Shark Island. Oh, you never heard of Shark Island? Law of the Order? Come on. God. Okay, I'm on it. I'm checking it out. I'm checking it out. You remember that band, Contraband? I remember that band, yes. That's Richard Black singing. Okay, okay. I never heard of Shark Island, though, but I've heard of Contraband. Oh, God. You know, I went down that rabbit hole on YouTube, and you know who I thought you were going to say? Soraya. Oh, I love Oh, God. Dude, he can't pull off Sandy's Soraya moves. He was. That's what she was doing. That was her Axel moves. I don't give a shit what she was doing. Those first was hot. (laughs) Yeah. They look like Axel moves, but anyways. Um... So, we ready to get through the tracks? Tom, did you have anything else? No, there's just, there's so much on this album. that I mean, we, we would be here for hours just talking about it. I think we got out a lot of the bullet points that we wanted to talk about with the history, the album cover, yeah. production, etc. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, um, before we get into this, I'm going to go uh, break up a parking lot fight between Slash and C.C. DeVille. <laughs> And we're back. Uh, I was just pulling up my panties because they were around my knees uh, with my ass and uh, debris. So, uh, you know. Oh, wow. Yep. Were you selling mini mites, too? <laughs> All right. Tom was, Tom was getting fucking violated. Violated by a <laughs> robot. All right, let's go. So when you think of opening tracks to an opening album. Does it get any better than this?
No, it does not. I will tell you right now. No, it does not. When you're talking There's opening better. track. There's oh, better. Here we go. Hey, we're not, look, this is not the Richie Cotson podcast. <laughs> There's okay. better. All right. All right. Let's just say maybe there is better. Okay. King of the Mountain is not one of them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. It is. No, it would be Strutter. <laughs> I said better opening song on, to your old, debut on a album that says, get ready. Here the fuck we come. Maybe uh, smells like Teen Spirit, but that wasn't their debut album. Correct. But what is that face? Dude, we're doing Nirvana, Nirvana now. Yeah. If you're making that face, um, we'll, but, we'll, we'll we'll do Nirvana. That's fine. Um, I I you tell me debut album. Come on, you you're the one contradicting this. So let's go. What do you got? Uh, uh, there's better. We'll we'll save what? those. Bullet boys. <laughs> what do you got? No, bullet <laughs> boys. Not those? bad. What are those boys not shit bad? bands on the Monsters of Rock cruise? Go on. Oh, come on. <laughs> Oh my god, here we go have, well, I can tell you boys. ain't the fucking eagles yeah. oh, You here, don't have one go. of your boys Behind you, defending you So come on, bring it at me Who else is one it, of those It ain't black and blue either, I know that <laughs> yeah, I, I'm agreeing with you I didn't buy it Alright, let's stay on target I'm gonna have to be the referee here Which is a bad sign Oh, now, now you're being Mr. Polite <laughs> Meanwhile, you'll be texting me like I don't wanna go see fucking Lillian Axe <laughs> 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 Anyways I had to get that All right, Tell me, that being said, you, you have a, a band it's great. Of debut Yeah, no, it's, um, it's great No, sorry, yeah. go ahead it's incredible. It's a classic song. There's absolutely no doubt. They took the world by storm. There isn't another song on here that could have been as big as Welcome to the Jungle as an opening track, right? It's yeah. the perfect opening track for this album. There's no doubt about it. And with, and with that being said, somebody needs to explain to me why... On the reunion tour back in 2017, what was it, the Not In This Lifetime tour that Zeus we saw at the uh, at, at uh, Foxborough? They opened up with It's So Easy. How do you not open up? No, no, I, I, I know, I know. But Welcome to the Jungle is the be- concert opener, album opener. I mean, I don't know. I, I know that they did that, but I'm like, all right, you know what? Just get back to normal here and do what, do what everybody wants, which is to open with this. You know, and it's also a generational song. Everybody knows this song. My 76-year-old mother knows who Guns N' Roses is and knows Welcome to the Jungle. I mean, they play it in every arena, every sporting event. I mean, it's just one of the most iconic songs that's ever been recorded. High school hockey. Welcome to the Absolutely. Jungle. Yep. And uh, the one, the couple things I want to bring up about the song. Yeah. Uh, you know, the drums and yep. the guitar starts start and the... Whatever oh, yep. he's doing with his voice makes it sound like the wind is building up or something. And then the, oh my God. Yep. They just, what the fuck is going to hit you? And then, jack, boom. And then they come out. That, that just, I'm, come on. There's nothing. It all, you know, the only thing I can compare it to, but again, not debut album, is the beginning of the Enter Sandman when it's just building, building, and then, boom. Just like, yep. you know, in sporting events and stuff like that. Welcome the jungle. That is just blows, blows my mind. How it, I still can get chills when I listen to it. Yep. I still want to crank it up. I, I do not have fatigue when it comes to welcome to the jungle. And then just the different parts, the little solos that come into it, the breakdown, 
the whole part where Axel describes that he saw somebody there in New York that says, you're in the jungle, baby. You're going to die. Gonna, yep. That's <laughs> a homeless guy. A homeless guy. Isn't that a great story? That's, I could imagine somebody getting off the bus and some guy just yelling, you're in the jungle, baby. You're going to die as people get off the bus. Like, I can just totally. Shit, I might have that job someday. That's awesome. The video. <laughs> everything about it. So if you do, like, I, I don't know, maybe if we ever did, like, rate a song like how many a pluses we would probably give oh yeah this would be an a plus all around with everything lyrics you know uh playing the vocals the guitar the drums it and i'll say and i'll say this i mentioned it earlier about steven adler all those people out there listening who drool over the drum sound in creatures of the night which is horribly overproduced and horribly overrated. <laughs> Steven Adler on Appetite for Destruction is how drums should sound. A snare drum that knocks out your teeth and a bass drum that kicks you right in the gut. His drumming on this album, not to mention this song in general, like Zeus said, when it kicks in, it's just like a blast off. It's, it's fantastic throughout the entire album. Adler is um, a god on this album. Eric Carr and Kiss fans, those thoughts are Tom's only thoughts. They are I own not them. mine. I love Eric Carr and I love Creatures <laughs> of the Night. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love Eric Carr and I like Creatures of the Night, but people need to settle down with that. Oh, it's the greatest drum sound ever recorded. It's not. Settle like, go down. Ahead. <laughs> so let's send your send your hate mail to TomGigliotti.com. That's right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll create my I'll create my own burner account for the bonus episode hatred. There you go. Perfect, perfect. Any other thoughts on this song? Do we move to song two? No. Well, it's so easy. So the bass riffs start here and that lower register voice, this was probably a kind of noticed it in jungle, but it was in it's so easy. And again, I had an uncle single where I thought the same thing. I thought it was two different singers. 
I didn't know a singer could have that kind of range because even with Paul, we never heard him sing like in that low range. Right. And all of the guys that were, uh, in the eighties that were trying to hit those high notes, they weren't hitting a lot of low notes. So that's what made it different to me. And I think of sloppy Joe, slop, slop, sloppy Joe. How many people started doing those impressions of that voice? From yeah. the it's so easy. Arr. We used to do it in college. Uh, the Joycey voice. Hey, yeah. That's hard. Yeah. Like, yeah <laughs> Any this weekend? Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, it's 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 it, the song is just a killer song. I mean, eh, the whole album is. But you're right. That, that opening bass line and then how it just rips right in. And you're right. It's shocking because you go from Welcome to the Jungle when Axel's like screaming and wailing, and then you hear this, and you're like, Wait, what the hell is this? But uh, yeah, no, it's it's nuts. And how about the swearing back then? I'm like, oh, what? God, yeah. Oh, my God, they're swearing. Yep. Holy shit. And they're you know? swearing so that you can hear it. They're not just slipping it in there. You know, yeah, why, don't you, like, he's like, why don't you fuck off? Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's not like yeah. you uh, get all you can take. Right? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> what, oh, yeah. What? Broken difference does it make? What? What was that? Broken difference does it make? Okay. Um, yeah, you're right. They, you can hear it. Yep. Now check this out. In the in the end, it all worked out. In the end, it all worked out. But what dumbass released this as the first single? Yeah, agreed. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I I, I don't know. You would th- like you said. Well, like we talked about, Welcome to the Jungle. I mean, that's like tailor made for an opening single, tailor made for radio. And you open it up with "It's So Easy," which is one of the probably the, one of the nastiest songs on the entire album. Yeah, once you get used to Guns N' Roses, you like it. But that's not the first one to get acquainted with them, right? Right? Yep. You're not gonna hey, listen to this song to be like, oh yeah, I love it, I love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> ready for the next one? Let's go. Let's take a swig.
story on this is great. That whole story about somebody yells out, I'm on the night train. And Axel yells out, yeah, fill my cup, bottoms up. You know, and they're all drunk just saying stupid shit and it ends up being a song. Uh, I only know one person drinking this night train or Mad Dog or 2020. And that's, uh, you know, Foghorn Leghorn with his fucking sippy cup because this shit is cheap. He doesn't buy. He doesn't buy any wine that's more than three bucks. Did he already stock up for the Monsters of Rock crew? Is that going to be like a whole separate suitcase for him? Oh no, we got to go to the you know the CVS and they got to get four for ten dollar wine. Yeah, that's how we're oh, doing Jesus it. Jesus Christ! Yeah, Night Train. That's about it. You're right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. another another killer track. Obviously, you know, gotta love it. No, it just it just continues, and it also feeds, in my opinion into that bad boy image. Oh yeah. You know, so you listen to this band, you buy the album. Welcome to Jungle blows your socks off. Now they're it's so fucking easy and they're like, "What the hell is this voice?" And now they're all talking about drinking about Night Train and flying high and you know, you're like, "Holy shit, this band is badass." And he's ba- and he's back and he's back to that high register, that wail after the after it's so easy, you know. It's he just he, he brings that back to that scream. It's fantastic. Yep. Yeah, and there's the chorus and stuff. I'm on the night train. I never get enough. It's just awesome. This rocks. All right. Up to song number four. So I was thinking that dirty guitar tone right now, whether it's Izzy, whether it's Slash, there's a, it adds like this attitude and kind of pain. I guess that's what you're kind of talking about, Tommy. It's like, you wouldn't get that from Ingve because it's pixel clean, right? That he would never have such a dirty kind of, it like adds to the environment of the music. It's, it's really odd. It's hard to explain. No, you're right. It makes it like, it makes it like dirty and gritty and, and kind of mean because it's, it's not perfection. Um, and the tone of the guitar adds to that. And you know, this, this particular song, so you've had welcome to the jungle, which is like, you know, the anthem you've had. It's so easy, which is kind of like the foul mouth kind of nasty shit. You've had night train, which is kind of like an up-tempo kind of speed song, but then you get out to get me, which is kind of, is a different, a different tempo with a different kind of a groove where 
Axel is it's more is singing a little bit more in this song. I mean, he's obviously screaming like he does in every song. But um, you know, I think I think this is another another turn on the album with just another kind of vibe to it. And it's just, you know, obviously another another gem. One of my favorites for sure on this album. This is when I start to think of Slash and Ace, that dirty kind of sloppy yeah. guitar playing. Yep. Right? Spe- especially that opening riff. Yep. Um, again, Axel out there out to get me just continuing that theme of these outlaws right yep i'm fucking innocent right that's just it continues and it just you know it it just uh it's one of those things that when you first you got to remember back that your first time playing this you're just so excited like what am i what do i got here yep and god bless them um yeah and this song is a little autobiographical about Axel getting in all kinds of shit when he was, when he was that farm boy back in uh, Indiana. Yeah. Yep. And uh, now, now we're going to go, let's go talk about some heroin. absolutely love this song that that muted guitar riff is totally ear catching um just everything about this song is incredible to me because there's there's changes up in the speed it changes up in the in the vocal range it's got a little funk to it um i'm not exactly sure how the old man is heroin and her and she is heroin. Like basically everything's heroin to these guys. But that part always kind of confused me a little bit. But uh, man, I love this song. Yeah, oh, it's it. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. And I remember, you know, as a fourteen-year-old boy, having absolutely no clue what the fuck he was talking about at that time. Like, oh, Mister Brownstone, he won't leave us alone. I'm like, oh, it must be like a mean neighbor that he has. <laughs> he you know, must like be a, an art teacher. Yeah, yeah, he must be like this <laughs> jerk. You know. 
you know, little, little, you know, that young, innocent teen mind at the time. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. But uh, yeah, no, like you said, that opening, uh, that, that, that muted riff uh, at the beginning, just fantastic. Great tune. Great, great tune. I, I like it because he goes back to the yes, yes. yep, uh, yep, which makes me again go back to like who the fuck is this guy? He only sings two songs on the album, you know, right? Like, and anyways, take me down, boys. I like it, but you could take two and a half minutes out of this song. It do not need to be as long as it is. <coughs> you, yeah, you nailed it. The, uh, the, the ending of this song for as terrific and as anthemic and perfect as this song is, the end needs to be cut out. Um, when he just starts screaming, scre- you know, and, it, and the song is just going a thousand miles an hour. I'm like, you know what? You're kind of ruining it a little bit for me. It goes on the, the intro, one of the all time greatest intros. And when that whistle blows and then the drums and the guitar kick in and the song gets going, ah, oh, you know, just an urchin living under the street, just the way it's soft. <laughs> so fun. So good. So good. But you're right. That, that end, that ending needs to be edited. So one of the things I was, when I said to you guys, my first interaction, this album, so I have the party, I'm doing my thing. I play paradise city. Cause if you, when you hear that for your first time, 
it's almost like you're hearing, you know, this song's a classic. You can tell the, like the way they structured, like when they had this, this one sticks out. I think everything else is a little bit, you know, we acquired the taste. I mean, it's, it blows our mind, but this one, anybody can see that's a fucking hit. And oh. I, it kind of reminds me of like somebody probably when they probably played more than a feeling like Boston. Yeah. Like, oh, this is one of the songs in our album. You got some great songs there, but then all of a sudden more than a feeling comes on. They're like, that one sticks out. And I, that's how I feel about this. And then that video, I remember the video it's yeah. uh, when they're in England, what was that concert they did? And then everybody starts moshing the whole, the whole crowd is like a hundred thousand people just jumping up and down. It just makes you think like, you know, they can play nice and slow melodic. And they're just like hanging out, take me down. They got both guitars playing a little like an Aerosmith vibe and stuff. And then all of a sudden the place goes nuts. They yep. can rock with the best of them. Yep. Um, that's how I feel about this song. It just kicks ass. Yep. Boys. Um, time to uh, where are we going to next now? Time to flip the cassette over. Isn't that what happens now? Back in the day, right? No, Man. I had all I had auto reverse, you fucking poor bastards. I had, I had auto, auto reverse. reverse. You're right. You're right. You, you and a, a little and a little tidbit, the uh, LP and the cassette, it was side G and side R. Correct. Yep. Correct mundo. So yep. now we're getting to the love songs. Yeah. God. Yeah, so the first that was the big part, right? That the first part of stuff was more about you know, craziness and drugs and fucking anarchy. And then the other side is all about the sex and the crazy, all the other shit. So let's get into the first one with his very loving song about this lady and her family. Okay, so normally I hate that 30 seconds, 40 seconds of mood setting shit. I just don't like it. I don't like it when bands do it today. For whatever reason, it works in this song. And the guitar fills on this song are unbelievable. And they're put in the perfect spot. So if you go back and just listen to the song and listen for guitar fills, you'll, you'll realize that that's actually what catches your ear in the song. The opening to this song, 
Um, I won't spoil where I'm going to rank this song right now, but the opening to that song. And then when you listen to the lyrics and what it's about, that opening riff just brings an, a feeling of something bad is happening here. This is not, this is going to be a bad song. This is going to be a nasty story <laughs> and get ready because when it kicks in and, and you know, your daddy works in porno now that mommy's not around, she used to love her heroin, but now she's underground. I'm, what the fuck dude, settle down, Axel. <laughs> just brutal. This isn't a song by the Judds. No, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> but it's but it's just a killer in that chorus, and then and then it slows back down again for the for the uh, for the verses. It's just oh spectacular. And again, Stephen Adler just driving this song, you know. And let's not sleep on Duff. You know, Duff is just is grooving along here too. He's fantastic. The one thing I'll be honest with you. I'm not too keen on the chorus. Okay, I can see that. You know, mom, 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 shit. Like, just yeah, it 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 shifts gears a little bit from the verses. I see what you mean, though. Yeah, if if anything's weak about it, it would be that. That's when Paul would come in and go, "Hold on a minute." (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you come up with instead of Mama Shell? How about? Let's put the X in sex. Oh, God. <laughs> Somebody get this. Or, or, <laughs> instead of saying never can tell, can you say never can tell? Oh, God. <laughs> People. Oh, God. Sorry, the post in the ditch. I'm sorry. All right, let's get back on track here, all right? Let's so, do it. Number eight. Let's hit it. brought it up in any of the songs but it happens a lot do they really know how to end songs like they end them cool right like yowza right or yeah. like the 
vocal gymnastic at the end of this song, right? It, yep. it just, for whatever reason, whoever came up with the ends to these songs, instead of just letting it fade or just let it cut, there's always like some sort of vocal thing that happens at the end. No, you're right. You're right. And th- this song, I remember when I first got this, this, this song wasn't um, a big favorite of mine. I thought it was kind of a, it was a little up-tempo pace, the lyrics. I'm like, wait a minute. It's kind of like a like a love song Axel's talking about. What are we doing here? Um, but it but it it it, it fits now. Um, and, I, you know, I love it. I like it. Um, it's not going to be. But, it, it, like, there's, uh, in my opinion, there's no filler on this album. Spoiler alert. No. But it's a, it's a cool song. Uh, it's, you know, is it gonna get you want to punch somebody in the face? Like welcome to the jungle. No, but it's a good song. Yeah. Um, Mr. Gelati, I just want to let you know that, uh, I think about you, you know, that I do woo. I don't know what to say about that, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited about those. You're sharing your emotions. I'm, I'm, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. I'll I'll see if I can save a lyric uh, to to this song, uh, you know, uh, to another song. Maybe I can sing to you later on. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Are you ready for number nine? Holy shit!
So I love that Slash has said out loud he hates this slick, that it was a complete joke, that it wasn't supposed to be anything. And I get this song, put him on the map, but goddamn, you want to talk about burnout. This is where burnout comes for me. Yeah. The one thing about this, the one thing that saves it for me, this is one of those songs where you acknowledge its greatness, you acknowledge its place in rock. Um, but if you never heard it again, you'd be okay with it. But I will, I will tell you this right now, this solo is arguably one of the all time great solos and it comes from slash. So I might be a little biased, but the, the solo in here is just absolutely mind blowing. And it's one of my all time favorites. Love it. And I think that's the thing that carries the song for me because the song is, it's good, but you know, I don't need, I don't need to hear it again, but I, I will, I will listen to that solo. It's almost you like, me- go ahead. You remember the radio edit? They cut that first solo. They yes. cut the second solo or they cut the first solo. I can't remember. I but can't it was remember. like I hated the radio edit. Yep. Yeah, because the solo's long. The, it, yeah. it, it's pretty it's pretty good. It's pretty good length. But uh, Zeus, go ahead. Um, it's almost like a rapper or, or like Dr. Dre set up a beat in the background. They're beating over that. And what I can't even yeah, do with yeah. my voice. Yep. It's just playing in the background, and they came up with the the music over it. It's just I can't explain it. If that was just on its own, it'd drive me nuts. But the way they put built the music around that, and that's just playing in the background, and then the you know the little groove they do before they get into the you know the chorus and the verses. It's it, it's beautiful, man. It's just beautiful. It, it, it's it, I, it is. I can't. I can't say enough about it. Just the way it builds up the lyrics are kind of, you know, whatever, you know, you got beautiful eyes or whatever. Yeah. But he builds that and builds it. And when it gets into the middle and then the fucking solo, maybe my favorite solo, it's top five solo of all time for me. Absolutely. Yep. The video builds that for me too. And then when it builds to that crescendo at the end, Axel's got the the wire of his of his uh, microphone going in the air. Uh, Slash is just burning yep. it up on the, and you know, and they just build it up and just oh my god, it just I, I can't explain it. It just it doesn't get better. It doesn't really get any better than that. Uh, absolutely agreed. Two more things on this thing. So one is Rose's girlfriend at the time. I don't know if you guys know was Aaron Everly. She yep, was yep. one of the yep. one of the daughters of the Everly Brothers, right? Very part, good. I've got a bunch of Everly Brothers uh, CDs. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Boring. Yeah. I don't get. rock and roll assholes. So in twenty, oh boy. So in twenty fifteen, some Australian band comes up and says. We're called the Australian Crawl, and we wrote this way back when, and GNR stole it from us. This was in 2015. Okay. The song has been played 85 trillion times all over the world. I know. But these dumbasses wait till 2015 to tell somebody? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get that either. That's but pretty bizarre. That, that, that little run, the little slash thing there, that, that I'm sure that's not surprising that somebody came up with it. It's a little, yeah. Yeah. it's a little like, you know, finger thing to do to warm up. I mean, I'm s- not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, right. yeah not trust me. Slash wasn't listening. 
Yeah, Slash wasn't listening to some fucking Australian band nobody's ever heard of to yeah. rip them off. Exactly. Right. It's like that magic that we caught on on tape with Paul warming up with his vocals at the beginning of Heaven's on Fire. You know, that wasn't supposed to be on the album either. It's just magic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, buddy. All right. So let's move this thing along because I don't know if we can top that song because you're both fucking crazy. What I put on this one is I, I just love the pace and the onslaught of the song. I love the lyrics and it's got that perfect end. And it's for whatever reason, anytime this song comes on, I turn it up and I never get sick of this song. All right. Well, you're not going to like me on this. I like the song because it's on appetite for destruction. I might be in the minority here, but I will own it. I prefer the slow down acoustic jam version of this on GNR Lies. Oh my God. You got to be kidding me. You're fucking crazy. Yeah, you got to be kidding me. But okay, well, slow. I like this version. I like the vibe and the groove on that slow down acoustic version. I, 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 I don't know what to tell you. I like it. I know. I'm sorry. Somebody should bury you in their backyard. Wow. See, why are you going to be like that? Why are you, you going to be like that? God damn it. And, and, and you just, and you just said those nice things about me, you know, that horrible lyric you dedicated to me. Now you want to bury me in someone's backyard. God damn you. Uh, Seuss, Seuss, okay. What do you think of this? I, um, I think it's a decent song. Uh, it's kind of a little meh for me. Yeah. Um, it's better than the acoustic version. Sorry, it is. Okay, that's fine. Um, but it's that's fine. It's all right. I don't have much to say about you're crazy, except once again, I thought they were insane. You're fucking crazy. Yep. You know. Yep. So, okay. anyways, let's uh, let's uh, wrap this one up with nope. one. La- oh no, no. What am I Two doing? More. One more. Two more. Yeah, Two more. yeah, yeah. What do we got? Number uh, eleven. <laughs> 
All right. So co-written by Chris Weber. No, not the guy who called a timeout that he didn't have. Oh, not my favorite high school college player. <laughs> I remember watching that game going. I'm, I'm like, did he just call timeouts? Because they're out of timeouts. What is he doing? Oh, Zeus. He's got PTSD over that. Don't talk to him about it. Dude, they were down by three. They weren't going to tie it. They had like 10 seconds left. Jalen Rose should have grabbed the ball. It's Here we bullshit. Go. The fucking point guy ran away with it. And you got the fucking six foot 11 guy carrying fucking the ball up. Here we go. So next, next month's bonus episode is going to be player. next, Change next the month. way the game is played. Fucking power forward, making five assists, steals, blocks, Deep. 20 points, Sunny. board. <laughs> See, fucking <laughs> bunch of assholes. Next month's bonus episode is going to be all about the fab four. F- thank you. Thank fab you. Five. You the fast five. I'm sorry. Jesus Christ, Sonny, don't ever bring up Michigan basketball again on this show. <laughs> Why, oh. That's my love of Michigan. I almost went, and he was there. Wow. Continue. And then Rubbermaid should have used those lines for a commercial. <laughs> oh, God. Nice one. Yes. Spit them yes. Out? <laughs> yes. Some classics there. Well, I, I love that. This is a great song. I love the chorus. Um, it, it's got one, it's got one of the catchier choruses on the entire album. Um, and it, like that intro, uh, it's just, it's just a really cool song. It's just another good sleazy song, you know, really cool. I I'm, I'm a fan. It's a good song. Um, you know, it's got that little bit of that, what, 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 whatever it does yep. in the middle there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's a good song. Yep. I, th- I think Zeus is Googling Chris Webber's career stats right now. <laughs> he was a warrior. It ain't that great. <laughs> Chris Webber is a fucking prototype. Change the game. Here Anyways. we go. Continue. <laughs> All right. You ready to end this fucking thing now? Let's go. Fucking bunch of rocket queens. Go ahead. like two songs jammed together but that bridge would get you laid so it's like that bridge should probably open the song but 
either way, that whole sex thing, it, it, the moaning and all that, that, that was cool when I was 17. At 50, I could give a shit about this moaning now. You don't like the fact that Axel was banging Steven Adler's girlfriend at the time? Yeah. And they I recorded just... it? And then they put the fucking guy in the liner notes, the fucking engineer. <laughs> they record. There's. They, they recorded thirty minutes of sex yeah. noises for this. <laughs> and there's a rumor that some of that high pitched squealing is actually Axel. Oh my god! I believe. I probably. I believe. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Ooh, Oh my liver. Oh God! <laughs> Anyways, Anyways, though, the the, the, the song, <laughs> the opening to that song, which, which again, I'm going to praise Stephen Adler. Um, just what what a great what a great intro. Then the bass kicks in, and then, oh, just I don't I don't want to spoil anything about where I'm ranking this song, but good God, Rocket Queen is just fucking oh, phenomenal. Oh, there's been something that's bugged me all these years. Can okay, explain to me. Who's the rocket queen? And what is a rocket queen? I'm going to assume it's like just some hot chick that li- likes to take a rocket ride. And grab it, so, put his hand in his pocket and grab onto his rocket queen. Go, go ahead, the Sonny. Rumor, the rumor is it's about a lady named Barbie Von Grief. And it's a chick that used to hang around. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm I'm looking at a quote here. She says, "Somehow I became the Rocket Queen, and I have never, never said that I am the Rocket Queen." Yeah, but why is he singing it? Oh no, that, no. That, I'm sorry. That's that, I'm sorry. That's Adrian. That's uh. That's that's another. That's another woman. The, that's no, Adrian's that's the lady who got uh, <laughs> fucked, basically. <laughs> Adriana Smith is a lady who actually had the sex. Yes, and then but she she's says, well, not the Rocket Queen. Adrian right. Zemed. Right. The rest of the quote. The rest of the quote. She says the real Rocket Queen is Barbie. <laughs> Isn't that the Dancing Fever guy? <laughs> Smith, you fucko. Adrian Zemed. Adrian Zemed. No, first of Adrian's all, the dance. Zemed? First, first, first of all, the Dance Fever guy is Denny Terrio. <laughs> But no, he took over, I thought. Adrian Zamed. Adrian Zamed's from TJ Hooker and Bachelor Party. <laughs> That's it. <him. laughs> he was the Rocket Queen. <laughs> oh he was God. in Bachelor Party, right? Yes, he was yeah. he was Tom Hanks's like he was the one that called the horses. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he took over for that guy. What's his name? Danny Terrio. Why it the was, fuck are you hanging out with Danny Terrio? Isn't that from Raw? Eddie by, the way, da, by the way, Danny Terrio taught John Travolta how to dance for Saturday Night Fever. There's your trivia. Okay, but it's not the one from Eddie Murphy Raw. Why the fuck are you hanging out with fucking Danny Terrio? Adrian <laughs> <laughs> Zamed. One of the best movies, though, of all time there. Bachelor Party. That's um, right. So, okay. But then why is Axel singing it as though he's the Rocket Queen? Here I am, your rocket queen. Yeah. I might be a little young, but honey, I ain't naive. I don't know. And who's he beating? He says, here I am, and you're a rocket queen. That's what he says. Wait. Here I am, yes. and you're yes, a you're rocket queen. Right. Sorry, you're right. Yes, that's correct. You're right. Yeah. Here I am. That's right. He's, okay, he's, he's talking to oh, the rocket. Right. You know yes. what? I yeah. know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I... 
you know, because I can turn on anyone just like I turned on you. And I'm thinking this whole time, why is he singing as though he's the female? Like the female saying, I, I can turn on anyone just like I turned on you. Here I am, the Rocky Queen. And I'm like, why the fuck is Axel saying it? <laughs> yep. Oh, holy okay. fuck. Thank you, Mr. Pooney. <laughs> Since 1987. <laughs> yes. Adrian Zamed is the Rocket Queen. Jesus Christ. What is happening right now? Oh, boy. All, all those women Zeus bedded and said, I'm your Rocket Queen, baby. I'm your Rocket Queen, baby. Oh, and, 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 they all, and they all looked at him bitch. and said, and you're my Adrian Zamed. <laughs> Bed, you bitch. Let, let me be your TJ hooker. And then I would make, well, Axel was cool. He made little sounds like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Anyways, right. that's a pretty good song, Rocket Queen. Um, the breakdown is awesome. I know you guys talked about it. I love it. Two different songs. Combine them both. They're both awesome. And I just love the opening lyrics to the song when it kicks in, too, Tom. I think it's fucking kick ass absolutely yep yep absolutely so gentlemen that is appetite for destruction Woo! anything else you want to add before we break down and uh go through uh our favorites no that's a long 12 songs that's a that's a that's a it's a long album for a debut album absolutely yep um so you guys ready to rank these let's do it Okay, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Number t- I got my- number twelve. You're crazy. Am I, am I, are we going around and we going around yeah, the horn? Yeah. Or- yeah. Okay. Sunny. Number twelve. No, number twelve. Paradise City. Ooh, yikes! Are you on crack, Mister Pooney? You're not going to like any of my picks. I can tell you that right now. Paradise City is the worst song. As I was listening to you guys through the 12 songs, I'm like, they're going to hate my top 12. That's okay. Go ahead. Zeus. Next month's special now guest is going to be Foghorn Leghorn. (laughs) Um, Oh, God. So um, number 12 for me is I am going to high five Tommy. Ooh. Crazy. Okay. Okay. All right. Number 11 for me. Think about you. You do? Yes. You know, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Number 11 for me, sweet child of mine. Okay. Stop. Stop. Are you serious? I'm not going to argue with Sonny on that. I'm not going to argue with Sonny on that, but go ahead. Are you serious? Are you serious? Number 10. Oh, God. Go ahead, Zeus. You're 11. I'm just like... Stunned silence from Zeus here. Anything goes. For uh, number 11? That was your number 11? Correct. Anything goes. Wow. Okay. So my number 10, Zeus won't like this either. My number 10 is Sweet Child of Mine fuck is wrong with you people it just shows you how good this album is is it fatigue uh no it's it it's it's just not uh, uh, it's just not the kind of song that 
the ones above it are. It's a good song, but I mean, you're talking about one of the all-time great albums. I mean, it, you know, you know, this would be like the number one song if it was on any other album, probably. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead, Sonny. What do you got, number 10? Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, so Sonny's ranking. Well, are you are you ranking these in the reverse order? No. You have Paradise City Sweet Ch- So is this is this a fatigue thing with you? No. No. no? Okay. It's not. Okay. It's not. Okay, that's fine. I get it. Sonny doesn't. So breaking news: Sonny does not like Appetite for Destruction. I love it. It's one of my favorites. Hold on a second. I'm it's not the best here. album I own, but it's one of my favorites. Okay. All right. Well, next month maybe you can pick the the album. Although it's probably <laughs> terrible, so I don't know if we can, we're going to let you do that. Right. <laughs> um. So me number ten. Think about you. Okay. Okay. All right. So I got number uh, number nine. Yes. Number nine for me. Night right. train. Okay. Night train. Number nine. Number nine, Mister Pony. Anything goes. Okay. Okay. Number nine for me. It's so easy. Ouch. Eight. Uh, wait, where are we? Eight. Eight. Uh, it's so easy. Is eight is number eight for me? Okay. Sonny, what do you got, buddy, for number eight? Rocket clean. Oh my God Almighty! What the? <laughs> what is happening here, dude? We got completely different lists. Holy crap! Eight All for right. me. Night train. Seven for Tom. Wait, was it seven for me or eight? Seven for you. Okay. So I had at eight, I had A. All right, now I'm getting confused. At so eight, had... you had it so easy. Thank you. Okay. I'm All right. So, so, so seven, I got anything goes. Okay. Sonny? I got out to get me. Seven to me, Mr. Brownstone. I should just fucking hang up. This is going to be good. Yeah, right, because num- Mr. Brownstone is bad at seven. Uh, number six for me, Paradise City. All right. Okay. Sonny? Six for me is you're crazy. Okay. Six for me, my Michelle. <sighs> what the? What? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my Lord. Number five. Number five for me, Mr. Brownstone. <laughs> Mr. Brown Pants. <laughs> Sonny. Five for me is my Michelle. What is uh, this? Is, this is Thank you. God damn you. Five for me, Paradise City. All right. Number four, out to get me. Four for me is think about you. You know that I do woo. Four. Oof. Number four, out to get me. Oh, we got the same number four there, partner. That's right. right. Number number three, welcome to the jungle. Sonny. Three for me is it's so easy, baby. Okay. 
Number three for me, here I am. Wow. That's your You're third. rocket okay. queen. All right. You're a rocket queen, not your rocket. Queen. Here I am, your rocket queen. <laughs> That's if Paul Stanley wrote it, that would be the lyrics. <laughs> That's why I thought Paul was involved. <laughs> he was going to change it to "I'm the queen of the nighttime world." Uh, Tom, uh, Paul Stanley on line Can you one. Imagine. <laughs> Paul's producing the album. Hold on, Axel. Hold on. Are you the Rocket Queen, or are you singing about them? And then Slash is like, "Dude, we got to get rid of this fucking asshole. We got to, we got to get rid of this." Guy. Yeah, I'm sure he wasn't using asshole too as the adjective. All right, number two for me, my Michelle. What? It was almost my number one. Oh, yep, Sonny. Two for me is that tasty night train. Oh, okay. Two for me is sweet child of mine. Incorrect. It's sweet child. Oh, mine. <laughs> oh, apostrophe mine. All right. Number one for me. The queen of rockets. Rocket queen is number one for me. Sonny. <laughs> the best song on this album is Mr. Brownstone. Okay, I won't argue with that. That is an awesome song. I had it at number five, but I I, I will not argue with Dude, it. I had number, number seven. It could be number song. one on a lot of other albums. Great um, song. Number one, just, again, nothing can beat. And Sweet Child of Mine was so close to being my number one. But Welcome to the Jungle just is just that, you know, I know where I was, what I was, what I was doing when that was that came on and plus it was a great part in the program yes remember oh that tom back I in stonehill in the movie the program came out and they were at football and all you all you guys on the football team were like yeah one of the greatest <laughs> 90s movies ever made holy shit so terrible <laughs> so bad acting just terrible hey so i did some quick math if we were to combine our rankings the top five, the top five would have been from five to one out to get me. Welcome to the jungle. Mr. Brownstone, my Michelle and rocket queen would have been number one. All right. That's a good number. That's a good top five. I'll take it. Horrible picks. Oh, (laughs) could you repeat that again? Rocket queen. So from five to one would have been out to get me. Welcome to the jungle. Brownstone, my Michelle and rocket queen. Nice. Cool. All right. That's that's appetite for destruction, folks. Yep. And uh, I can tell you right now, it looks like we're we're back to our old days of Shout It Out Loudcast with these long-ass episodes. But it is our debut bonus episode. That's right. So hope you get a boner off this bonus episode. Jesus Christ (laughs) almighty. Here we go. (laughs) So can I introduce our new bonus episode segment? Yes. Now. Yes. So, so instead of uh, listener questions, we have, we're going to introduce a new monthly section. I'm sorry, a little monthly segment 
And uh, we're going to have Zeus drop in a little bit of the music here to uh, have you figure out exactly what we're talking about here. Cause you matter to me, and that's why you still matter to me. And that's the only reason I need to get by. You still matter to me. Yes, you do. That's right, people. We want to know. You matter to me. That's why we are going to share what matters to us once a month. The three of us are going to come up with uh, things that we're kind of into, whether it's a podcast, a book, an album, a movie, uh, you know, uh, a meal at friggin' uh, five guys. You know, who knows? Maybe there's something out there that you want to share. So, uh, who wants to start with our newest You Matter to Me segment? Sonny's laughing, um, so maybe he has something on the Five Guys menu he wants to share with us. I, I was going to say the Fab Four. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, the Fab Five? See, he's going to get all upset. <laughs> all right, I'll start. So, right. what matters to me today is Ray Donovan. If oh, you are not watching Ray Donovan... You are missing out, and I think we're all in the last season, so he's got like six or seven seasons out there. It's a Showtime uh, show. It's got to be on Netflix or Amazon or something, but Ray Donovan is outstanding. It is a terrific show. I have not gotten as uh, all the way through it, uh, but Lee Schreiber is fantastic. Awesome show. You're right. Yep, very good. Zeus, what do you got, bud? You really going to go to me next? All right, I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> so so this month, so I have a uh, a, a collection of um, books, a lot of like rock and metal, um, like coffee table books. Not the kind of coffee table books that are about coffee tables that turn into a coffee table. Not, th- not that book. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I have a collection of Garfield books. No. Oh. Not anymore. Um, <laughs> this one, I never really hear. I found this on Amazon. I got this a little while ago. Um, and I don't hear a lot of people talk about it, and they should. It's a it's a coffee table book called Hellraisers. And it's a complete visual history of heavy metal. Um, and this book is absolutely spectacular. Um, it breaks down all the different genres of metal kind of in chronological order. Um, it talks about the new wave of British heavy metal, glam, thrash, death metal, black, doom, everything. Um, then it gets into like hardcore, um, groove metal, power metal, prog. In each section, it talks about bands that are famous within this genre, genre uh, bands that may fly under the radar in this genre. Then there's some sections at the end. It talks about ba- uh, you know bass players, mascots, um, uh, just you know, different, it talks about metal festivals, tons of, of awesome photos. Um, just a really cool reference book. If you got, you know, ADD short attention span, you want to pick it up and go through it. It's called Hellraisers, and it is written by Christopher Crovatin and Axel Rosenberg, not Saul Rosenberg <laughs> and not Axel Rose, but Axel <laughs> Rosenberg. I was just going to say to you, oh boy, it's a, Axel. Oh, Oh boy, it's a big book about metal. Oh boy, um, but yeah, it's it's terrific. I urge you to check it out. It's called Hellraisers. You can find it on Amazon. Awesome book. Yeah, Zeus, go ahead, bud. So me, 
I want to talk real quick about totally something different. Okay. The chart, you know, a little bit, not music and stuff. But as you know, and me, me and you both know, we, uh, me and you a while back got to go to uh, uh, a wrestling event that uh, was given. Uh, we got tickets to go thanks to uh, uh, Mr. Jericho. And we got to see the second uh, episode of AEW's Dynamite. Right, that taping. Yep. So I, uh, I've been following AEW now, now, especially for Jericho and stuff and wrestling. And we know there are a lot of metal and Jericho fans, and we all kind of Kiss fans. We all kind of there's a lot of wrestling fans in our community. Um, so I've been watching. You know, I've always watched wrestling. I got into it when I was young because um, I don't know if you have this thing, Sonny, but so when my grandfather came here. The only thing that he really got into were John Wayne movies and wrestling. And the reason why you can always tell the good guy from the bad guy in the Westerns and wrestling, you didn't need the language. He loved it. Everything from, you know, WWF back then to the Texas stuff to Ric Flair and all that shit. So he got into me. So it's a little sentimentality thing for me. And I've been following it. You know, ever since. Anyways, I'm still a big WWE fan, but AEW is right now kicking it. It's just beating its ass. It's so fun. It's so exciting. They just did the Jericho Cruise, and they taped their episode of Dynamite on the Jericho Cruise. Well, you know, they had a guy get thrown into the pool. They have Jericho coming. He's in another world. He is so fucking entertaining, Chris Jericho, right now. And he just makes that AEW such must-watch for wrestling fans for me. I don't even I even got Tommy watching some wrestling who that never got into it. Just he's like, holy shit, this is actually fun. That's and, true. Um, so for me, what am I into? I've slowly started putting that as my favorite. I put AEW over WWE. And uh, thanks to our good friend, Mr. Jericho, and I recommend people to start watching it and you'll see the difference. Uh, That comes from a wrestling perspective. Now, before we go further, and I want to get everyone's feedback on this, because we were thinking of this segment and we're like, let's let's just do something that we call what kind of name and we have to have something to be kiss kind of like, right? Yeah. And so we're thinking of like, what should we call this segment? Um, and we we're we throwing go. out names. Here we go. So don't give away the good one that I want, but throw out some other ones, Tom, that we kind of discussed. Like, what should we call this? Uh, Here I got, got one got, right got, now. Wait a minute, got to choose. We were go gonna ahead, say, right? How go about ahead, what sorry. makes you what makes you uh all night? Yeah. That was one. That was one. That was one of them. <laughs> that was, was it? One. Okay. All right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The yep. what, what gets your exciter? Yeah. Oh God. But no, See what no, no, I mean? No. But nothing will be better than this one. So I wanted to call this the "You Make Me Rock Hard" segment. Yeah. And then it would go around. <laughs> and it would go like this. So Sonny, what makes you rock hard this week? Well, I got rock hard this week. And I, the, uh, say- I just saw. Uh, Richie Kotzen play, and uh, oh. that made me really rock hard. Tom, what I, makes exactly you what hard? I would say. I saw, I saw Halle Berry in the Flintstones. That's what happened to me today. <laughs> so, 
we're gonna Tom was like, we can't do I'm not saying go ahead, Tom. What did you say to me? I said, I said, I'm not gonna say this book makes me rock hard this month. <laughs> That's getting clipped and used. I'm yeah, telling I, you right now. Parents I'm just gonna say listen to this podcast. <laughs> Tommy, you got the water running all day. No, no, I wasn't rock hot to anything. But I was, I was. I can picture right now, you're right, Sonny. Your partner, Steven, is going to cut that out and say, this week I was, this book got me rock hard. There it goes. She's going to cue it up. I'm dead now. Yep. yep. That'd be great. So in the rock hard section, uh, what got you rock hard? Well, frankly, I was watching TV today, and uh, this made me rock hard. I wanted to pick. I want to change my Ray Donovan pick. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, Sonny. Sonny got rock hard off of Ray Donovan. <laughs> Ray Donovan. I got rock hard off watching men wrestle. So <laughs> See, Tommy got rock hard from books. I don't know. Uh, I was, uh, yeah, I got rock hot off looking at a book with pictures of men in it. (laughs) Oh, God. What do you think? Should we change it? Not that there's anything wrong with that. (laughs) Oh, God. All right, let's wrap Anyways, anyways. So, um, finally, Sonny, you have uh, different many hats that you wear. Where can people find you besides here once a month? Well, when I'm wearing my baseball cap... I'm on Podcast Rock City and Aukus Podcast. And I'm when I'm wearing my leather top hat, I'm on Growing Up Rock Podcast. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Wonderful. Where can they find us, Mr. Tomas? Would you forget my name? <laughs> I had the rock hot thing in my head. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so, oh, God. <laughs> so we're still Shout It Out Loudcast. You can find us on all the social media, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Email us at shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. We're on all the podcast platforms out there. Uh, you know, Apple, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, all those all those places, wherever your podcasts are, you can find us. Uh, we're part of the wonderful Pantheon podcast family. We're us and about 20 other shows, all terrific stuff, all the varieties and genres of uh, music covering uh, all kinds of great topics um and if you're uh, interested in some shouted out loudcast gear always check out our good friend ed over at clicktshop.com um if i recall correctly ed is doing some kind of giveaway for uh some kiss vip passes so hit hit hit, hit up his website and check that out um and we hope you guys uh, enjoyed a little bit of chaos and silliness here for uh, some non-kiss discussion this month yeah, I want to re-emphasize. So tell us what you think of this. Tell us um, that you think Sonny should just do the show by himself and kick us two off. Tell <laughs> us uh, if you can't stand him and uh, and you think his voice makes my voice sound like, uh, I don't know, Frank Sinatra. We'd love to hear from you. So you know you can always hit us up on Facebook. You can hit us up on Twitter. DM us. Instagram, same thing. But we love the emails and we love to read them. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. And as I always say to people, please give us a rating, a five star child re- rating on um, Apple iTunes um, and uh, Podchaser, Podchaser.com. So 
We are going to keep our famous last words. Yes. A little bit different this time. Yes. Sonny, you want to lead us off? Okay, so from the same song, but two different things I want to share with you. One is, there is no way anyone knew what he was saying the first time you heard this in Paradise City. Strap in the chair of a city gas chamber while I'm here. I can't quite remember. The Surgeon General says it's hazardous to breathe. I'll have another cigarette, but I can't see. Tell me who you're going to believe, right? Excellent. But in that same song, Slash's original lyrics to Where the Grass is Green and the Girls Are Pretty, the original lyrics were Where the Girls Are Fat and They Have Big Titties. Ooh, beautiful. Let's go with it. I like that. Nice slash. All right. (laughs) Tomas. All right. So one of my favorite lyrics from my favorite song. I've got a tongue like a razor, a sweet switchblade knife. I can do you favors, but then you'll do whatever I like. Here I am, your rocket queen. Who's the rocket queen? Oh, here we go. Here's another two hours. Excuse me, Axel. Are you the Rocket Queen? (laughs) Tune in. Tune in after this. Zeus is going to do 30 minutes on who the Rocket Queen is. People, I'm the Rocket Queen. Um, Don't give him any ideas. Both of you. I see you standing there. You both think you're so cool. Why don't you both just (laughs) fuck off? What a great way to end it. I know. Hey, everybody, thank you for listening. Sonny, thank you for coming on board. We love having you. Can't wait to continue this. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, Sonny, thanks, buddy, for joining us. Uh, always fun and insightful as usual. We hope you guys enjoyed a little extra Shout It Out Loudcast coming at you. So we'll see you guys soon. Thanks for the invite, guys. What makes you want to burn your firehouse down? I don't know. Oh, God. We'll come up with a new one next month. (laughs) (laughs) Peace out, Girl Scout. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 